Hi, Wanaki friends. Welcome to another episode of Big Red Farmhouse, a podcast brought to you by Wanaki, a summer camp and retreat center in the Lakes region of New Hampshire. We are so glad you're here. We are your hosts, Amelia Luke, Nicole Richards, and Shannon Drew. On today's episode, we speak with Tom Getchelacy, who you may know as one of Wanaki's many great song leaders. We wanted to let you know that there are a few points during the interview where the audio quality does not match the rest of the episode, but we hope this does not interfere with your enjoyment of our conversation with him. So if you, I guess, just want to start off by telling our audience um, who you are and your history here at Wanaki. Sure. About how long do we have? <laughs> ah, 30 minutes, okay. give or take. Yeah. Okay, well, that's helpful for me. Because I tend to kind of dig into details sometimes. Details are good too. Uh, no, it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I my my uh, personal connection with one of them, the summer of 1985. Uh, I was a student at the University of New Hampshire, and uh, I was active in the campus ministry there. And one of the folks who was on the board uh was also uh, oh, for campus ministry uh was donna mcadam uh, mm. a long time wanaki person and uh i also knew her because we went to church together and uh uh one day probably around in may she asked me well what are you doing for the summer and uh i said well i'm not absolutely sure and she said i think it great if you would apply to be a counselor at Wanaki. Oh, I've always wanted to be a counselor. I'd gone to summer camp when I was growing up and loved it and always had wanted to be on staff at, at that camp. And for one reason or another, it didn't ever work out. Uh, so this was my, uh, you know, it was very appealing to me. Uh, it, it, things were in a little bit of disarray at Wanaki at that point. They had just hired a new director. And, uh, I think part of the, the other thing that was going on was, you know, here she was at May, in May asking me, and that said to me they were kind of a, a little bit of a bind. Um, mm. Thankfully, they're not, you know, it's nothing like the way the way things are now where, you know, so many returning staff and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, so I, I expressed some interest at an interview <laughs> and had a great summer. Um, but, you know, when I say that that was sort of the beginning of my personal connection with Monica. Um, you know, and I, and I will admit, when I, when I showed up for staff training, I mean, I had no idea. I hadn't lived in New Hampshire for very long. I didn't really know, you know, very much about the, the Lakes region or anything like that. Didn't know what I was at, really at all what I was getting myself into. Uh, but you know, I, I'm kind of an adventurous kind of person. So I showed up and started getting involved in the staff training, which actually Donna, Donna McAdam, the same one who had invited me to come, uh, she was, uh, she was running the, the staff training and it was just a great time. Met the other staff members and, and uh, you know, really began to get a sense of what Wanaki was all about. Very different from my uh, camp uh, 
camping growing up in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, you know, it took a little bit of getting used to that. To that. But mm. One of the other things that happened, though, was along the way, my uh, I had sent my parents the su- my address for the summer. And my mother, uh, when she saw the address, she, she wrote me back. She said, you know, I, I used to go to a camp in Meredith. Uh, I wonder where that camp is in relation to Wanakee. <laughs> and uh, and I kept trying to find out, you know, I asked around and all of that sort of thing. And, and nothing was coming up. And finally, after a couple of letters of me saying, you know, I'm just really not finding anything, she sent me some uh, pictures of her time as a camper all those years ago. And I wrote back and I said, well, the reason I wasn't able to figure out where uh, your camp was in relation to Wanaki was because it is Wanaki, <laughs> or it was the wow. that, that formerly uh, the, the folks who formerly owned what is now Wanaki uh, was a, called Camp Meadowbrook at that time, and uh, so that was kind of neat. You know, it kind of so cool. deepened that family uh, connection for me. And then when my kids uh, started going to, to Wanaki as campers, and then both went on to be on staff. It was, you know, just kind of uh, a, a strong sense yeah. of a family legacy for us. Which it's kind of unique. I, I don't know. I, I haven't run anybody else who has the same has the same story. Uh, but uh, but that was, you know, really, uh, you know, there's so many other things about Wanaki that made me, uh, you know, feel like even though I was only able to work on the staff that one year, just because of how things worked out, um, you know, that mm-hmm. I uh, felt p- compelled and, and uh, you know, very eager to continue my relationship. Yeah. So you said, Tom, it was, it was Donna McAdam that recruited yeah. you. Uh, so that's how you came to Wanaki. And right. then you've just started alluding to why do you keep coming back? What, so now it's been uh, it's been over thirty years, not yeah. to date or anything, but uh, but uh, it's been over it over thirty it years what that you've been yeah. involved with Wanaki. So what 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 is uh, what is it about uh, Wanaki that that has kept you all this time? Well, first they keep asking me to, the... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not very good at saying no. No, uh, actually, no. I I've always loved camping in general. Um, but Wanaki has over the years just become a very special place for me. Some of its relationships, uh, especially once some of the staff really did start coming back year after year. Mm. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, so that's some of it, but it's also just, you know, every, every year is each experience is a little bit different and, uh, you know, some have been, uh, more, uh, down my alley than others, but, you know, I've always felt like it was, uh, you know, really a great camp always, you know, uh, uh, you know, providing a quality and safe experience for the, the, the young folks. And, and then also the spiritual dimension, uh, and the community that, that one of the best ways that, uh, Wanaki consistently embodies, of uh, the Christian ethos is in being a, a place where uh, everybody feels welcome. 
and I, I, I've over and over again seen kids who, you know, you just kind of had a sense that life was not easy for them. And, you know, they maybe were getting picked on or ostracized or bullied um, at, in their, you know, with their peers at home and also maybe not great uh, home situations and being enfolded, uh, you know, I don't say we are always doing that. I won't say it's, it happens perfectly, but it happens so many times mm. uh, that it just is very inspiring to me. And it's and that's a part of something that I want to continue to be a part of. It's a, a little bit of a taste of the kingdom, I would say. Mm. Uh, you know, and uh, it's powerful. Yeah, definitely. And Tom, you you mentioned the the spiritual aspect. Uh, you are also a United Methodist minister. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know if you were on that path to ordination before Wanaki, or if your experience at Wanaki had had influenced you um, to go in that direction. Well, I, I know that, that that has been the case for other folks. For me, I was actually well on that path, uh, and in fact, uh, you know when when Donna first invited me, one of her selling points was, gosh, you know, you, you don't really know that many people in what was then folks who might be your future colleagues um, and get your name around, no around. And, and so, you know, that was, a, again, an initial enticement. And, and indeed that summer I did get to know some folks who would eventually become colleagues. It, it certainly deepened uh, my desire to uh, respond to God's call um, and and gave me a sense of other ways to be in ministry than simply, uh, you know, serving as a pastor. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to the question that you had asked, Nicole. From my point of view, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a, uh, for me, uh, a, a really nice break from uh, the kind of ministry that I'm engaged in the rest of the year and an opportunity to kind of be in a different uh, ministry in a different way. Uh, and a way that has also, I think, informed the way that I uh, approach my uh, pastoral ministry in the local church. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that Wanaki is a place where people who are at all different points in their faith journey can really connect to God in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the really special things about it. And yeah. I was just wondering, do you feel that you, you mentioned that it's a different way to connect? Mm-hmm. And could you just elaborate on on kind of what what that means for you when you're here at camp. Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I think that Wanaki uh, creates a very permeable hmm. atmosphere, you know, that, yeah. that it, you know, again, it goes back to accepting people where they are. I, I haven't always found local churches to be places where that happens. <laughs> yes. uh, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, and and so you know, I think one of the places, one of the things we can learn from uh, in the local church is that sort of, you know, come as you are. We're going to 
fold you, we're gonna accept you mm. and embrace you and, and in a very unconditional way. Uh, and and gently uh, encourage you and nurture uh, your, your, your faith wherever you're coming from. And, uh, and in a, non, a non-judgmental way that doesn't expect people to act a certain way, um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, the, as I say, it seems like the local church could learn a lot from that. And I've tried to model that and, uh, and teach that in my local church, uh, and being, you know, Wanaki has, you know, has been, um, important to me for learning that, participating in that, observing it, um, and as I say, trying to apply that some of those that permeability. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think churches are maybe semi-permeable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Wanaki is is just pretty much permeable. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point for sure. Maybe to switch gears a little bit, we wanted to ask. Um, I wanted to ask you about maybe something that you tried for the first time at Wanaki. I know that def- Wanaki, to me at least, has definitely been a place of first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Um, yeah. You know, I immediately think of the ropes uh, course. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I know that for a lot of kids, um, you know, outdoor uh, outdoor education is a much bigger deal now than when it than when I was. And I had never ever seen a ropes course. Mm. Uh, the first time I uh, attempted to do the, the ropes course at Wanaki, um, what happened was uh, this was quite some time ago. But the, the, when they just installed the first ropes course, uh, I was invited along with a handful of other adults to be the first folks to sort of give it a try. Mm. <laughs> and and they didn't know what they were doing when they asked me because I mean that's I, I don't like heights I'm not you know, the most athletic person in the, the world but um, so I went for a, a long weekend uh, with a bunch of other folks and we were given training as to how to bring people through the ropes course mm. and of course start out with. We, we went on it ourselves <laughs> and uh and i'll never forget you know you know the whole thing was, was for me very uh traumatic slash empowering and uh, <laughs> i was i amazed myself by being able to do it but the final sort of the final hurdle in the whole thing was uh i just was sitting on the platform of the of the zip line and uh um, I can't remember whether I was the first one who went through or not, but um, but for whatever the reason, I mean, I'm sitting there on that platform and and uh, uh, and being encouraged to uh, by the trainers to, to you know move off of the platform, mm. and it was just terrifying. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine doing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the rest of the of the ropes course, there was at least 
you know, typically something under my feet. Right. And, and, and so this was, and, and so I sat there on that platform for, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes mm. before I finally let go. And, and because we were the first, um, you know, there was, there was, there was a little bit more slack in the line mm. than, than was necessary. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And so when I went off of there, I immediately dropped down about five feet. Yes. And then the harness engaged. I know that feeling. Yeah, I think if you've been on the zip line today at Wanaki, you know that feeling. But it was a first. And, and it was, you know, and it was gratifying in the sense of, um, you know, that I accomplished that with the support of, uh, you know, of my friends and, and the trainers and, and, uh, and, and the train, one of the trainers kind of looked at me and he said, I think you may be one of those folks where, uh, you're glad you did it chiefly because that means that you know, you'll never do it again. <laughs> and, uh, and that's not entirely true. I have, I did go back a few other times, but most of the time when I've taken, uh, sites, uh, and, you know, groups of kids there, it's always been as in a more supporting role. Yeah. Uh, rather than me going up there. It's, it's just not necessarily my thing, but I'm glad I did it. Right. Well, now, I'm sure it's special too, to like when you watch campers go through that now, oh, yeah. you can, right. you can relate to them. Um, I can relate to, especially the ones for whom this is, you know, just uh, way, way out of their comfort zone. And, yeah. But, but, but not, you know, but not so far out that they, you know, with some support. Right. Yeah, uh, accomplish that. And yeah, and I've seen kids, you know, who are very unlikely, you know, <laughs> make it all the way through. Yeah. And, and, you know, folks you would just look at and you would say, oh, my God. Uh, and uh, and then, of course, there was uh, a, a, another time. Of <laughs> this is one of my favorite Wanaki stories. Uh, and and it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, for me, part of the whole thing is that you know part of the thing that keeps me going back is just that this is a place that uh craziness of, of a certain type is is you know kind of the norm and uh and i you know i i love that aspect of it where we just have you know just a whole lot of fun in, a, in an unbounded way that you know normally you don't necessarily get to experience and uh anyway dave dwyer who was a uh, uh, wonderful uh, guy who was on staff for several years. He's from England. Uh, and he and I became good buddies. And I don't know how it happened, but I, we wound up, you know, he, he was trying to find a way to go through the ropes course that was would be challenging for him. Mm. And somewhere along the way, we, and, and it might still be hanging around camp, I don't know, but we he had, he had somehow came into the possession of this, Huge sombrero. <laughs> uh, has any of you seen? Oh, I've, I've seen yeah. the sombrero. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes about what five feet across. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good arm's length oh, for. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. it's great yeah. for COVID, you know, distancing. Oh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very campy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and he he had. He had stopped by the church that I was serving on his way on like the last day 
that he was leaving, you know, leaving uh, New Hampshire to go back to to the UK, and uh, and I had kept it for that whole year, and then I, I brought it back up with me uh, when I came up to volunteer that year. <laughs> I think we were doing uh, LIT together, uh, Dave and I, and. Uh, so anyway, somehow it wound up that he decided he was going to do the uh, the ropes course wearing that sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can find a photo. There are photos. I have seen one or two photos. All this. right, we'll be on the hunt. For, we'll have yeah. to go through the archives. <laughs> so and just in case anybody wants to know, you know, he did wear a, a, a safety helmet. Okay, that is and important. Then, <laughs> that's important. Tied, <laughs> tied the sombrero onto the safety helmet. And and the, the funniest part was that there there used to be I don't know if they still do this. I don't think they do. They had a they had this loop uh loop ladder. Oh yeah. That you used to go through to get up to the first element. Well, it was actually the first element, but I mean, you know, to get up to the next elements. And uh that was your how you entered. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, so this, <laughs> the, the sombrero made it quite difficult. Yeah. Hilarious way. I have but seen it, pictures of the, of the ladder, so I can imagine yeah. that was hard. Yeah. Well, it's only about what, three feet across. So <laughs> when you have a sombrero that is <laughs> five feet across, uh, Oh, if that isn't camp, I don't know what is. Well, you know, that's, you know, uh, uh, yeah. He and I got into all kinds of mischief mm. and uh, had a lot of fun along the way. But, but all while doing, you know, the work we were supposed to be doing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I I definitely agree that the ropes course is a place where you a lot of people experience things for the first time on the ropes course. I, I've asked people to push me off the zip line, so can relate yeah. to that feeling that you went through sitting up on the platform. The, the few times I've did it, done it since then, I've learned that for the, the best way for me to do it is with a blindfold. Oh, yeah. I do yeah. think that would make it easier. I can. I'm for me, it certainly did. I think for others, it might just really be terrifying for them. But for me, it took all the visual cues yep. uh, away that make me uh, anxious. Yeah, no, I definitely, I understand that feeling. Well, I feel like, so from, from my perspective too, uh, and, and Shannon's, as we were kind of talking about what we wanted to ask you about, we know you as a big singer here at, at Wanaki, yep. and every time you come, um, I know I've known you to bring your guitar and to play along with songs. And so we wanted to do a song segment with you in which sure. we will um, kind of rapid fire, give you some places <laughs> at Wanaki that you might be singing and you can tell us what your favorite uh, song to sing in that place or that situation oh, is. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one is the dining hall, a classic. Okay, yeah, I'm not a real big fan of of like like Pizza Man or I mean I got nothing against it, but it's just not you know that. But on the other hand, um, uh, Humpty Dump. Oh yes. For whatever the reason, that one I I uh, I, I I like, and uh, so yeah, I would 
you know, it, not, it's clever. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. From my point. What about around a campfire? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, you know, it depends kind of on the time of night, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if, if it's real late at night and, and you know, you definitely want to keep it, uh, mellow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, cats in the cradle, something like that, or, or uh, TP first. Mm -hmm. uh, earlier, you know, yeah, you could do some of the crazy ones. Right. Mm -hmm. I think you know. cats in the cradle and CQ first are <laughs> definitely on the same playing field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you know, it's interesting because it's not like those, I mean, I, you know, uh, there are songs that I don't necessarily care that much about the rest of the time, but when I sing them at Wanaki, mm. I, I like I like singing them there. That's a good and point. Cats, cats in great Cats in the Cradle is, is one of those. You know, yeah. Kind of, you know, most of the time it's uh, kind of a dippy song, but <laughs> but somehow at Wanaki. <laughs> no, I I understand that there are definitely Maybe. songs that are are special when you're here. Yeah. Um, what about when you're on a hike? What's your go-to song? Oh, gosh. Uh, boy. There's some kind of more, you know, chanting type, you know, that you can walk to. Uh, and I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, that... I don't, I don't think I've heard it sung too many times recently, but... Uh, uh, you know, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt or something like that, where, you know, you, it's a good marching song. Yeah. And, uh, or, or the belly button. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone had to bring up the belly button. Yeah. Song. We yeah. have to talk about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know that it's not everyone's favorite album. <laughs> I do think I have a pretty vivid memory of you during my LIT week since you were the director for that of us yeah. in front of the dining hall and you're playing the guitar and we're singing the belly button song. Yeah. So that yeah. seems on par. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's fun. Yes, for sure. Okay. This next one has been a little tricky for some people that we've done this segment with, but do you have a favorite for a van ride? If you were going on like a trip, oh. an offsite trip. Um, well, this isn't really a, a, a Wanaki song, but I, I, I remember once when we were writing, uh, when I did, uh, I, I directed uh, Extreme Adventure for a few years. Mm -hmm. and we would drive to this uh, place in northern Maine, the northernmost part of Maine that I've ever been in, uh, to go uh, white weather rafting. And, oh, yeah. and one year, you know, the kids were, were wanting to listen to the radio. And uh, and I would, whenever a Lady Gaga song came on, <laughs> I, would, I would make fun of it and mock it. And they, they seemed to really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so Lady Gaga for van rides. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll create a CD to like put in all the vans and that's yeah. what they have to listen to. Perfect. <laughs> Selections by Tom. <laughs> I love well, it. One in I'm trying to remember. On the uh, on the edge of a of glory. Of glory or, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, 
it's a very good sing-along yeah, song. That yeah, is. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we had fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the last one. Um, maybe you're not singing Lady Gaga at this event, but the Outdoor Chapel. Well, I'll tell you, the, 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 the one that I really love to sing, and, and again, you know, it, it isn't necessarily something I sing a lot or, or play a lot the rest of the time is um, Jesus uh, said, come to the water. Mm. Come to the water. Yeah. Part of it is just because it's just such a great song to harmonize on. Yeah. I love listening to all the different harmonies that folks uh, who can sing. <laughs> yeah, with it, um, it, it, and it's also a song I learned uh, when I was about fifteen or sixteen years old, uh, it, way back when, and not a camp, but but under you know in youth group kind of uh, activities. So I, I, you know, it, it 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 always brings me back to some fond memories of that. But it's and and it's just kind of a neat. Um, you know, come to Jesus song mm-hmm. uh, it, that, that doesn't hit you over the head, doesn't want you. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a little drippy, in some ways, but uh, but you know, yeah. But I, especially, I like the harmonies. Yeah, yeah. and the, I and like the, that too. The every teardrop. I, I definitely have memories of of that of you doing that one as well. <laughs> Come to think of it, uh, yeah, I like that one a lot too. We've liked to end our interviews um, just by asking the same question, and that is, what is one life lesson that you've learned from camp? So, uh, yeah, I think the lesson that I would that I keep coming back to in terms of what I've learned from Wanaki goes back to what we were talking about with the, uh, the ropes course that, uh, I, I've really seen the power, the transformative power of authentic, uh, permeable Christian community, um, as really a great place for us, for people to try things uh, that they've never tried before. And that might include a relationship with God, but, uh, but it, it also might include things like, you know, be more vulnerable or, uh, you know, just, just trying something you've never tried before and knowing that you're in, a, in an environment where uh, if, you, if you fail, or, you know, you're going to be all right. You know, there's a, there's a loving community to help you with that. And then, yeah, and that so often leads into think into people uh, myself included, being able to uh, be, to be surprising ourselves by what we have been able to do with that uh, the wind of that community, uh, you know, bowing us up and, and uh, helping us to keep going. Yeah, definitely. I have often thought Wanaki is a soft place to land, and I feel like yeah. that's kind of what you just described. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's well, a thank you. soft place to land, but also a great launching pad. Mm, I like that. Many metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this has been a great conversation. And 
I look forward to the next time we get to be at camp together and, and hear some, some more guitar playing in the dining hall and Lady Gaga. <laughs> we hope you laughed alongside us during this conversation with Tom. We want to share with you that this is our next to last episode for season one of Big Red Farmhouse. After next week's episode, we will be taking a break to record some more interviews for season two, where we will bring you even more stories from Wanakee's 60-year history. To keep up with us in the meantime, you can follow Wanakee NH on Instagram or Facebook, or check out our website, wanakee.org. Grace and peace! <laughs>